This episode of the podcast includes a birth story that ends in cesarean. So if you're pregnant and you don't want to hear that type of birth story, you have two options. You can jump ahead to about minute 13 or so where I start to talk about the 4-8 hypnobirthing breath and how wonderful it is and what kind of benefits it's brought me in my life. Or you could listen to episodes 12, 13, 14, even 16 next week. Those all have birth stories where the women used hypnosis and have these beautiful natural births. All right, let's get started. Hi, this is Dr. Liz with the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we get started here, I just want to say that I absolutely love the emails that I'm getting about how much the podcast has helped you. They're wonderful. Like, thank you so much. I really appreciate those. And if you can go and rate and review the podcast on iTunes, I would really love that too. So today I'm going to tell my hypnobirthing story, and it is not the story that you think it is. I can already tell you that. (laughs) Because I know when people hear hypnobirthing, they think I had this like a beautiful, wonderful, natural birth, right? That women dream of, like, not all women, like, okay, I would say like 50% of my friends dreamed of natural birth and 50% were like, just give me the epidural. I just want it to be done. Okay. (laughs) So, One of my closest friends told me to take hypnobirthing when I was pregnant with my first, and I didn't. I didn't hire a doula. She told me to do that too. (laughs) I was at a birth center seeing midwives, and they said, no, often the midwives serve that function. And I thought, okay, and I have my husband here, and that'll be enough. And it wasn't. It was a very long birth, 24 hours, The baby didn't come out and it involved a hospital transfer and an epidural to bring my blood pressure down because it was climbing. Ultimately, it ended in cesarean. When the second pregnancy rolled around, and I want to insert in here that I had uh, three miscarriages in between because that often does not get talked about. So if you're suffering from that, know that you're not alone. There are a lot of women out there who have had miscarriages I've had three miscarriages in between. So when I got pregnant and managed to keep the pregnancy with my second child, I felt like she was a miracle baby. And I was doing some work to maintain that pregnancy. I had done a lot of research about a genetic mutation I had. I think I was taking a baby aspirin as well. And then all this stuff came together and I was holding the pregnancy. And so this time I thought, oh, I am hiring a doula. And I'm taking hypnobirthing, okay, like hands down by this point. I had also been teaching prenatal yoga for several years by then and had connected with a woman who was teaching hypnobirthing classes and just really loved her. And she said, come take the classes. And I said, awesome, wonderful, I'll do it. So I went into my second birth again at a birth center that would take me because I was now a VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean. And in Florida, there's like barely any OBs that will take you. So you can throw a rock and hit an OB in South Florida. There are so many of them, therapists too, right? There's so many of us. It's a huge area. There's only like, I don't know, three to five that will attend your birth if you're a VBAC. I actually found a birth center at the time that would take the VBAC. I hired a doula. 
I listen to the hypnobirthing tapes every night. They were CDs at that point. Um, they weren't downloads yet. And I would listen to them every night. I would fall asleep to Aaron Aldrich's voice. I never made it past orange and the rainbow, right? <laughs> My hypnobirthing teacher, Vivian Keeler, who, you know, is fantastic, right? She's already been on the podcast. She would say, it's okay. You don't have to stay awake. Like it is just normal. Like everybody falls asleep and you're still getting the information. I said, wonderful. Now she was also my doula, as you heard in the previous episode. When I started into the birth, when Eva's birth started, it was a cool crisp night in December and I'd had like a warning labor, I don't know, for a week or two before that. This was the real thing. It was really happening. My water broke. So I knew like, this is it. Okay, so regardless of whether I go into labor or not, there's going to be a baby here soon. And I used my hypnobirthing, breathing the whole time. It was a miracle, okay? An absolute miracle. Like it would take the pain from like an eight to a two. It was like riding a wave. This is going to sound really out there, but I'm going to say it because I'm speaking truth here. I had forgotten this part of the birth story, and recently I pulled out her birth story. And there's a line that says, when I was in the trance, the surges, which are contractions, almost felt like full-body orgasms. Okay, that is unbelievable, right? And I did not remember that for the last five years or so. Okay, <laughs> like, what? I mean, when people say like orgasmic birth, most people go, what? Like, I don't think so. You're crazy, all this stuff. But this is what I had written, you know, within a, I wrote her birth story within a week of having her. And that's what I put in there. And when I read the line, I remember that feeling like, oh my God, they're like full body washes coming over me when I was in trance. And then I would pop up sometimes and say to my doula, like, what if I can't do this? And she would say very calmly, what if you can? And I say, okay. And I go right back into trance. Now this went on for a long time. Eva's birth was 16 hours in total, but I dilated within eight hours. So that's pretty quickly, actually, eight hours. And I dilated to full. And the video of me, by the way, is very, very boring. Like nobody can watch more than like two minutes of that video because all you see is me lying in the tub, the water, like there was a birthing tub. That's it. You see my husband beside me. I didn't want him to leave me. I wanted him beside me. And I would just lie there. That's it. I was in trance. It did not look like I was in birth at all, like zero. So I fully dilated and then I wanted to push and they wanted me to get out of the tub and I did and I started pushing and I pushed and pushed and pushed. I pushed for eight hours total. Okay. So about hour five or so of pushing, <laughs> I said, I'm done. They had tried all kinds of different stuff and they would have me not push because my cervix would swell that was even more painful than pushing. Your, your body absolutely takes over when you have the pushing reflex go on. Like it wants to get the baby out, right? It's like, we're done with the baby. The baby needs to be out. <laughs> and um, it hurt so much not to push, not to push. It is crazy. I can't even explain it. It was always this, this question in my mind, what's more painful, to push or not to push? And it was a hard question, I'm telling you. So I push and push and push. And finally, 
I was like, I'm done here. Like, you got to transfer me to the hospital. I'm done. Like, she's not coming out. And I had pushed for three and a half hours with my first daughter, and she didn't come out and didn't cesarean. So I was like, I am done. Like, what is going to be different here? And they said, okay, let's try one more time. And I said, okay, let's try one more time. And if she doesn't come out, then I'm done. I need to go to the hospital. And I knew if I transferred to the hospital, that meant a cesarean for me. So that is what happened. I transferred. I was still in trance. I would say up until the point when I got into the hospital and I knew that this was not productive anymore. Like the baby wasn't coming out. I was going in for a cesarean. The attending OB was not in the hospital. She was checking patients. Eva was doing fine in there. Her heart weight her heart rate was fine. So she kept seeing patients and said she'd be there. She'd be there. She'd be there. Hey, this went on for another, I don't know, three or four hours, I would say. I'd pushed for five and I pushed for eight hours total. So yeah, another three hours. And at this point, the pain was off the scale. I had come out of my hypnobirthing trance. I um, could not manage anymore. Women will describe this. Once they know that these surges aren't productive anymore, then your ability to handle the pain actually decreases. So right, if you know that the hypnosis is going to help you manage that pain, if you know it's going to bring that pain down, then you will work to get there. You will listen to the hypnosis. You will do the exercises. You will use your breathing, and you will do that. But if there's a point where you're like, this isn't working then the pain is just going to be there, right? Like it's going to go actually up sometimes. It's going to go off the scale sometimes. It really is about belief. Like nothing had changed in my body, believe me, between like hour one and hour six of pushing. Nothing. It was all the same. So it was only my belief that sent the pain off the scale. It was my belief that my techniques weren't working anymore, that my breathing wasn't getting the baby out. So why should I breathe? I mean, at that point, I asked for medication. I remember my um, husband saying, doesn't that cross to the baby? And I was like, I don't really care. You know, like you're sort of insane during birth. <laughs> okay, for good reason. Um, so they did give me some pain medication. I just floated off. And then when I came back, it was so much worse. Like, oh my God, it's like right there again. And I was like, ah, I was dying. I did end up going to cesarean and having her that way. And this time it wasn't as traumatic. My first birth I experienced is very traumatic, but this one was not. I was certainly disappointed. I was certainly um sad, but I knew I had done everything I could to try to push that baby out. And there were some questions with my first birth of maybe I could have done this differently or that differently. I knew with the second birth, I had done absolutely everything I could. There was nothing to really change there. I ended up with a spinal headache, which is like I couldn't sit up for more than about 10 minutes before I'd get the like worst migraine I had ever had, like the worst headache I had ever had. So I had to lie down that whole first week until it passed. Some women go in for like a blood patch. It's a complication of having a spinal actually, but I didn't. I was going to see if I could wait it out first and it did pass luckily within a week. So I had some complications there, but I didn't have a lot of the trauma that I had with my first birth. 
you know, I remember being on the massage table and um, one of like the funniest, I don't know how I find like really funny massage therapists, but I do. They, all of them who've like really been dear to my heart have made me laugh and laugh. Like, <laughs> you know, you're also going into massage trance, but half the session we're laughing. So my massage therapist had come to my home to give me a massage because I couldn't go anywhere. And she was thinking that that would help the spinal headache. And I remember starting to cry and saying to her, like, why couldn't I have this baby? I'm sorry, getting choked up here. (laughs) And she said to me, she said, do you believe in past lives? And at that point, I didn't really. I think I do now. She said, well, I do. And she said, I think in a past life, you had like 10 kids and you said no more in the next life. (laughs) So It was such a sweet thing to say to me. So that is my hypnobirthing story. I continue to use the hypnobirthing breathing that I've learned. Hey, like Eva is 11 years now and I still use the breathing. I use it all the time. I certainly used it to recover from my cesarean. I use it for medical exams. I use it for dental procedures. I use it just when I need to feel calm. Okay. And that's the four, eight breath. We're going to do it right now. I taught it for many, many, many years when I taught prenatal yoga. So it's simply an inhale to four, a pause, and an exhale to eight. And we're going to do it right here. We're going to inhale to four, inhale two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now my count may be too fast for you. It may be too slow. So you can do it the perfect pace that you need to do it. You can practice that breath at any time. I didn't just teach it to my prenatal yoga clients. I teach that in my practice. It's actually an ancient yoga breath that I learned through hypnobirthing. But once I began to research it, I was like, wow, this is a really ancient breath. If you're not pregnant, you can hold the breath in between the four, eight. Some people recommend that you hold for a count of seven. But when you're pregnant, you shouldn't be holding your breath. So it's just a slight pause and then an exhale to eight. You can do that as you fall asleep at night. You can do like eight cycles. You can do it when you wake up in the morning. You can do it in your car. You can do it when you're nursing the baby. You can do it during medical exams. It's a lovely, lovely breath. So that has been an incredible benefit of hypnobirthing for me for the rest of my life and for the thousands of women also that I taught in prenatal yoga to learn that breath. So I have come to the end of my hypnobirthing story. I hope that it helps a mama out there. Maybe you're pregnant and it helps you. Maybe you're thinking about kids and it helped you. Maybe you had a birth that was similar and it helped you. You know, maybe you had a birth that was very different, but somehow this story helped you today. Birth does not ever go as expected, like hardly ever. It's always unexpected paths that birth takes. And I used to tell my prenatal yoga students over and over again, the goal is to be present at the moment of birth. That is a beautiful moment. No matter how it happens, that's a beautiful moment. All right, people. Peace. So I know people are going to ask me who the amazing massage therapist is if they're local to Broward County in Fort Lauderdale. 
Her name is Mary Lou DeNicholas. She's been a massage therapist forever. And her website is massagemom.com. There's also Holly Reeves. She is so, so amazing and very funny. And her phone number is 954-802-3292. So either one of those are so good for prenatal or postpartum massage. 